Lord, we just thank you for your sweet presence this morning and everything you're doing in our hearts. I think we're just going to celebrate you more right now. I think Jamie's going to come and give a, a testimony. I don't know if I'm going to be able to stand up preaching today, but we're going to get Jamie to come up and give her testimony first. Can you feel the love in here, his tangible love? I just looked just looked up and I was just like, I love you, Lord. I just feel that love. Um, I just want to say it's good to be back. It's been, I've shared kind of throughout this, I work at the hospital and it's been a difficult time for me. Um, we just lost a friend last week to COVID and she was a faithful believer. But, you know, it's all perception, you know, it's all our perception because she's in Jesus's arms. She's dancing with Jesus. She was, um, a, she, she was a worshiper and she loved to wave the flags. So she's up just waving in his presence. She had actually said um, that she was a widow and she had said she felt like a couple of years ago that the Lord um, was going to send her another husband. And here that didn't happen, but he was preparing her to meet her husband face to face. So it did happen. It's just our perception can be so limited. And although it hurts us for her not to be, um, we spent holidays with her and she was so kind to me. She was my husband's late wife's best friend and she was so accepting to me. And I loved her and she was family to us. And uh, But it, it's good to be back here. And I've also been going through a season where God's promises, I'm walking in seeing how nothing has been wasted in my life. He is such a redemptive God and I have to give Him glory. Um, when I uh, early in my life, I went to college, I got a bachelor's degree. I have beat myself up for years because of the field I chose my bachelor's degree in. I never used it. It was a French degree. And I just felt like this spoiled, I would refer to myself as a spoiled college kid who I got to go to France for a semester, but then I didn't end up doing anything with it. My minor was business. Um, and then I've worked a career where I was thankful for, for my job, but I didn't feel like it was something that I was created for. It, I wasn't passionate about it, although I flourished in it and I did the best I could. Um, you know, it wasn't something I was content in. And I kept saying, when, God, when, what are you going to lead me to? And just years, I've worked um, at the hospital for 25 years. And I just had finally, again, just about given up. Like, okay, this is what... I'm going to do the rest of my life. I'll retire and then I'll be happy. And so about two and a half years ago, I started praying. I felt prompted to pray 
um, favor with administration of the hospital. Now, I knew no one in administration, but I just started feeling that prompting to pray for favor. I was like, well, it can't hurt. I followed just that quiet little whisper and that nudge. And about six months after praying that on the way to work, God just opened up the opportunity and all of a sudden my manager said I've got a project for you to work on and she's like I want you to meet me in this lady's office well she was part of administration so I worked on this project and I was like oh that was it I was praying to do this project I enjoyed it it was a temporary project so I still worked in my home department and then two years later I just got the opportunity to apply for a job working in administration (laughs) and I hadn't applied for a job in 25 years Um, so I had to go through the interview process and prepare and it took like four months it was a long time and then posting and but God is so faithful my degree I couldn't have gotten the job without my degree so after 25 years my degree came in handy And I called my father. (laughs) I was like, see? (laughs) And, you know, it was just, God is so faithful. There's nothing wasted. Even things that you think are wasted, He doesn't waste. And I just want to read these verses. He gathers the pieces that are left over and let nothing be wasted. That's John 6, 12. And then Deuteronomy 31.8, the Lord who goes before you, he will be with you. He will not fail or abandon you. Do not fear or be dismayed. There have been plenty of opportunities that I could have gotten dismayed over the years. And I was, I was discouraged. I felt like, but you know, and now I'm seeing even sometimes I would, my manager would pull me in to work on projects wouldn't you know it would just be kind of another thing I was responsible for and I would be like oh again (laughs) but all these things are working together for good you know they all worked into this and I just wanted to give a testimony and just encourage anybody who's been waiting a long time that he is a God over Time doesn't mean anything to him. It can take 25 years. I hope for your sake you don't have to go through 25 years of waiting for a promise. But he's faithful. And if that's how long it takes, I praise him, I honor him, I give him thanks, and I bless the Lord in Jesus' name. And if anyone is in this situation where you've been waiting a long time for a promise, if you want to come up, I'll be glad to pray for you. Sure, it's um, John 6, 12. It's when Jesus gathered the pieces that were left over and said, let nothing be wasted. And Deuteronomy 31, 8. The Lord goes before you. He will be with you. He will not, will not fail or abandon you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Let me just pray again. Lord, we just thank you again for your presence this morning and your sweetness of your love that we can feel. And I just pray that um, 
the words that I share, uh, your Holy Spirit would take and use to teach your word to each person here, to teach your ways to us. And I just thank you that um, you're in the midst of us. In Jesus' name, amen. So for those of you that don't know, my name's Nancy, and I'm sharing today. Um, first, before I get started, I brought this little Bible. This is a full Bible. It's just really little. The print is tiny. Um, not to age myself, but I bought this Bible about 30 years ago. And um, it happened to be sitting beside my chair in the living room. And when I came this morning, I brought it. And I thought, well, I don't really know why I'm bringing it because... Um, it's really little, and I'm not going to, I have my, my scriptures printed out. I'm not going to read out of it. Um, but when I was sitting there, I felt like the Lord was saying, you need to give it to somebody because they're putting his word, he's putting his word in their heart. And so for Brandon, he's over here painting, but I felt real strong that the Lord's saying he's got you in a season or taking you into a season where he's putting your, his word in your heart. And I'm going to, that's got a lot of writing in it and stuff from 30 years of having had it. But um, Brandon, I just bless you to just take in the word of the Lord, to eat it, to meditate on it, to dwell on it night and day. And I just bless the work of the Lord in your heart. Mm, thank you, Lord. Mm. Okay. And for anybody else here that felt like that was for them, it was. Because that is always the desire of the Lord's heart, is to put his word in us. So take it for yourself, if that spoke to you, for your heart. So today I feel like, and this is not going to be real long, um, because I feel like we've already kind of touched on most of what I'm going to say through the worship and the time this morning. Um, So my sermon actually is um, on obedience. Yay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And um, what I'm trying to get at is just a kind of a framework that you can look at how you live your Christian life and relate to God that might be helpful in thinking through um, obedience and doing the will of God in your life. Um, so we know that God created us, uh, Genesis 2, 7, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils, nostrils, the breath of life. And man became a living being. That was our, as a race, that's where we started with Adam. Um, you know, after Adam and Eve were created and they were in the garden and God was spending time with them. And everything, for some reason, we don't really understand their complete motivation, but they sinned. We know that they, you know, Eve was tempted, and they both sinned, and um, you know, they became dead spiritually, and then entered into, you know, having an end to their life, a death physically as well. Eventually, Jesus, as God's son, came to the earth lived a life as a man, and was the perfect sacrifice for sin for all of us. Um, He then, you know, he died, and then he was resurrected, 
and you know, to show the power of God over death. And um, if we believe in Jesus and what he did to pay for our sins, then we are joined with him in that, and our sins are forgiven. And we enter into a new spiritual life. And eventually, we're going to live in eternity. So that's you know, kind of the basis of the Christian life and the Christian um, experience. Jesus said about himself in John eleven twenty five, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Um, and in Romans, it gives it further. This is a little bit of a longer thing, but I think it gives the basis of you know, what it means to be a Christian. For if we have been, this is Romans 6, 5 through 11. For if we have been united with him, Jesus, in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to, to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we will believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. So, you know, we as Christians enter into the fact that he died to sin and was raised in new life. We also, and, you know, that's part of why we do water baptism, is it's symbolic of we die, go under the water, and then we're raised up. And so we're in new life. And so the Bible's pretty clear that, you know, we have a new life. We're not mastered by sin. We're not, you know, we don't have to sin. We actually have a choice now, where before we were dead and we didn't have the power to actually live a good life or to live in obedience to God. Now, you know, we've died to sin and been raised in a new life, we have the power of Jesus, of the Holy Spirit in us, that empowers us to live a new life. So I'm not too good at this whole thing. I'll be honest, when I kind of realized where this message was going, I was like, really, God? You want me to talk about obedience? Because <laughs> I can't say it's you know, a super strong suit for me, but I felt like, you know, because sometimes I've just not been aware of whether I was being obedient or not, the guy was saying, you know, I'm going to teach you this, and your questions about this topic will help you in explaining it to other people. So kind of when I look at this whole question and I go, um, you know, I should be able to live an obedient life. There's no reason why I can't. Then I ask myself, well, why am I not? Why, why don't I live in complete obedience to God? What's stopping me from that? And I feel like this gets into what we've been hearing this morning, what everybody's been talking about, is, you know, one, we just have to be aware of God and what he's doing. You can't be obedient if you're not listening for the voice that's telling you what to do. So 
you know, sometimes we just walk around, live our life, and we, you know, just don't even ask God what's really going on here. You know, maybe somebody's having a bad day and they're rude to us, or maybe, you know, we can be just in pretty much any situation and we don't actually um, stop to go, God, what's going on? You know, why is this happening this way? Then, you know, we're not even aware of what God's doing, so we can't be obedient to him because we're not listening. So that's the first thing is, you know, taking a moment to ask God what's going on. And I, I put in my notes here a story about, have you ever been in Walmart and stuck in a line? This happened to me. And in front of me is a family with two kids. And they're, they were just being annoying, honestly. And um, I'm sitting there, and in my heart, I'm going, these parents, why am I stuck in this line? These people at Walmart. And this little voice is like, well, you know, maybe you should pay for their groceries then. And I'm like, really, God? Like, you know, and it was just so on my heart that I didn't even know their situation. I didn't even know anything about them. And here I am judging them. And being, you know, pretty caustic in my own mind, negative. And he's like, well, you know, maybe you should just buy their groceries for them. And I don't know if you've ever done that before, but talk about awkward. It's trying to explain to somebody that you want to buy their groceries. Yeah, they're thankful, but they also look at you like, what happened to you? <laughs> you know? um, so, you know, that's just an example of sometimes God if we'll take the time to listen to that little voice and ask him what's going on, then you know, he'll give us a way to really bless somebody. He'll encourage us to do something that you know, we wouldn't have thought about otherwise. So, um, and don't complain about things in grocery store lines. Just don't do that. <laughs> um. And also, you know, last week, Mark also touched on this when he was talking about hearing from God. And that is that we have to see God for who he really is. You know, we, we have our own perceptions of who God is, and sometimes they're not right. And so when we are able to focus on who he is and, um, and his love for us in particular and how he wants to have a relationship with us, then we are much more able to obey him because usually obedience, and I'll just say it this way, is that obedience equals love and love equals obedience. And that's, you know, in the scripture, it talks a lot about how if, if we love God, we'll obey him. Um, and part of that comes to, you know, why did God send Jesus to die? Well, we've got John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And then John, 1 John 4, 9, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son in the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loves us and has sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. You know, that's the basis of obedience is God's love for us and our response to him. And so, you know, having that understanding of who God is and that he really does love us is kind of foundational. And that's where, 
you know, having quiet time with God, having time to just soak in on, you know, who, who he is to us and what he means to us is so important. Um, and I also just want to point out that it's not, you know, we use the Lord love to love God, and that's a good word, but in our society it has a whole lot of me- different meanings. And so for me, I find the word trust actually means a lot more to me because trust is the firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. So, you know, it's really about trusting God, not just loving God, because we can love somebody and not trust them because they're maybe not reliable, but God is always reliable and he's always trustworthy. And when we put our trust in him, then that's a different thing than just loving, you know. We kind of get those, you know, I like to differentiate that sometimes just because I think it helps me in my heart to know that it's a trust issue. Um, and, you know, in the Passion Translation, I really like this, in John fourteen fifteen, it says, loving me empowers, and this is Jesus Yeah, this is Jesus speaking. It says, loving me empowers you to obey my commands. So us loving God back is where obedience comes in. And that's why love equals obedience and obedience equals love. Because that's one of the demonstrations of it. Um, I don't know. Should I keep going? (laughs) Um, just this other point um, because the obvious one is overcoming fear a lot of times we have fears you know about what other people think or our capabilities or all this stuff and so you know that's kind of the obvious one so I'm going to skip that a little bit because I think we all know that we deal with fear and have to overcome that Um, but one thing I want you to think about is you know and this goes back to trusting God is why do we think God tells us to do the things he does. Like, why do we think he tells us to do something? Um, you know, the honest truth is because he's, I don't even know how to say it, he's so much more than we are, and he's so much in love with us. You know, he's telling you to do what he tells you to do because that's, That's where it's at. I mean, can you imagine God telling Jesus to die on the cross if that wasn't truly what was needed? You know, he wouldn't do that. God's not playing. It's not a joke. It's not a gotcha. God's commands to us are for a real purpose. And I think, you know, talking about disappointment, I heard somebody bring that up earlier, and I think... You know, disappointment in God is when, you know, and I find this has been true in my life, is you, you have a calling. You have a, something that God's put in you to do, which I love to teach. I love to explain things. I love to, you know, this is in my heart to do. Um, but when I've tried it in the past, a lot of times I would just mess it up, and it just wouldn't come across right, and things just wouldn't work out. And 
I was disappointed in God because of that. And disappointment in God's just not really a thing. It means you're not trusting God. Because look at the lives of the people in the Old Testament and the life even of Jesus. Things didn't, things weren't easy. Things didn't always happen on their timeline. I mean, can you imagine being Joseph? First I get sold into slavery, then I'm a prisoner, and I've got this prophecy over my life, this dream I've had, this thing in my heart that says, I'm actually going to be in charge one day. And people are going to bow down to me. Well, that didn't happen for a really long time. And just like um, Jamie, my brain went blank. Jamie shared, you know, sometimes it's 20, 25 years. Sometimes it's a promise for the generations to come. You know, you look at Abraham. Well, he was promised his offsprings would be like the sand or the stars in the sky. Well, he had one, one legitimate son and one Ill illegitimate son, which created a lot of problems. Um, so when we get ahead of God, we disappoint ourselves, honestly. And we think it's God. And so, you know, I just encourage you to take that to God and to remember that, you know, he's the one that orchestrates these things. And he, like I said in the last sermon I think I did, I said, God really knows what he's doing. Yeah. He really does know what's going to happen. You know? So that's my encouragement to you is that, I feel like this is kind of a negative sermon, but on the other hand, the truth of that if we get out of our own heads and realize that God's really who he says he is, he really has the power he says he has, and we can really trust him and walk in obedience, then, you know, Jesus was one person, and he changed the entire world. Each of those disciples was really one flawed human being, but they took the gospel to the point where it, it's still here today. God orchestrated all that through their obedience. And so, you know, don't, I guess don't make light of obedience. And ow, that hurts. Because personally, I think I have. And so I just encourage you to take obedience to God seriously. And just surrender the doubts and the feelings that cause you to want to go, oh, this isn't happening the way it's supposed to. And just surrender that to God and go, God, what is it you're doing here? What are you saying to me right now? So, um, and, you know, the, the main thing is that you, through the new life that we have through Christ, obedience is a choice we can make. We actually have the privilege of being able to, uh, to obey God. Where people out in the world, they don't even have that option, really. You know, they might be doing good, but they're not going to be able to obey God. And so we get that privilege to serve him. And his new life in us, you know, we're out from under sin and death, and we're in new life. And, you know, we have that ability. So I encourage all of us to serve God and to love him and receive his love.
you so much, Nancy. I feel like there's a, an opportunity for response because if God's just, if there's something in your heart that's like something I'm relating to in this, then it's actually really good to come and, and have someone else agree with you and pray with you. So I'm just going to open up the front here for anyone who feels like this is important to me. Like I, I feel like there's been disappointment or I haven't understood the season I'm in. And to actually, maybe you've, today we've understood a little bit more, but why not come to the front and, and we'll pray with you and uh, just see heaven's perspective and um, get set free to be able to, to trust him even more today, right? Because this, he's, he's really f- so faithful. When he... he, he God has got the timing so perfectly for each one of us. And any, there's, there's no point in rushing it. Sometimes we don't understand why we're in a waiting pattern. But if we trust him in that waiting pattern where it doesn't feel like we're as fruitful as we might be, he'll say when that's done. He'll say when it's complete. And it will be such freedom and validation So I believe today he wants to validate his voice in each one of you. You can hear him. He says, the sheep, his sheep hear his voice. So I declare that to each one of you, that you are hearing God. You are hearing the voice of the shepherd. Don't double guess yourself. Don't put yourself down. Just say yes to him. So we're going to close this time. I know we should pass this round too, but do you want to? This is just an opportunity to give a tithe, just to say, God, this is my response. This is me sowing physically, tangibly, something of my life as a trust offering to you. But I just, I want to say, come forward, come and be prayed. If you've got a praise report, come and be prayed for for more. If you've got, if you want someone to stand with you, come, come and come and receive some prayer. So, thank you so much for being here. I've got a men's retreat coming up this next weekend. Got Mark flying back on Thursday, all being well. And we have worship and prophetic on Thursday evening and we have ladies on Wednesday at 12.30 so come and be prayed for and thanks for being here let his kingdom come, amen